0: The Spin is supported by NatWest. Why? Because NatWest loves cricket. The skills it teaches and the communities it creates and want it to be easy for everyone to get involved. To find out about how NatWest is helping make cricket open to all, search NatWest Cricket.
1: It's The Spin!
2: So I got to go to my first World Cup game on Sunday. I was at the Oval for South Africa versus Bangladesh. It was... Very exciting. Actually, it was probably the best game of the tournament up until that point because there'd been quite a few one sided games and uh, it definitely seemed to last all day, but it was probably just the national anthems, to be honest. I got to get my hands on some World Cup merch, which is great. So now our producer is sporting a very trendy ICC World Cup cap that still has the sticker on it. And yesterday was terrible. I'd like to dedicate this episode to anyone who watched that England-Pakistan game at work and had to pretend to be productive. Guys, we're all in this together.
1: It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the spin.
2: Welcome to the spin. That's it. England's World Cup dream is over. But wait, maybe, just maybe, this is the year we don't crumble. Plus cricket scorers are an endangered species but KP's already busy saving rhinos so we're going to have to sort this one out on our own. We'll try to make the New Zealand team less popular and we'll try to start our very own World Cup feud right here in the studio. I'm Emma John, and this is The Spin, the 12th most popular sports podcast on iTunes. So, yes, we're technically carrying the drinks, but like James Vince, we plan to hang around all summer until you can't live without us. Every fixture's a vital one in this tournament, so let's find out who made our squad this week. Recalled to the first team, Guardians cricket correspondent Vic Marks. Hi, Vic.
1: Good morning, Emma. It is the morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're just back from the England game. <laughs>
1: Indeed.
2: On debut is comedian Charlie Baker and we are still saving a spot in the batting lineup for Michael Atherton, but we will come back to Michael later. Charlie first. Welcome to the spin.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Vic has 50 wickets for England, oh, yeah. 40 international appearances. Mm-hmm. So, can we just get your cricketing CV for our My record books?
0: Cricket CV. Started late. Didn't uh didn't go to a private school proper comprehensive school so uh we don't really play cricket at comprehensive school it's like cricket at comprehensive school is about a week in june right (laughs) when when they finally get all the stuff out and there's one set of pads which you pass around between all of you and no box i remember um painfully but then i uh left school and got quite into actually got quite into it and as a younger man as a in my early 20s i played for village cricket well pub cricket for my favorite pub in the whole of the world, and I've done a lot of research. The bell in in Oldworth, and uh, it's
2: Oldworth in, Devon, and, in, you're in from Devon.
0: I'm from Devon. I never really played in Devon very much. I played a little bit, but uh, when I uh, got married, actually, I started playing cricket. I do have this theory that um, a lot of sports were invented by men to get away from their families for as long a time as possible. Hence, Test cricket is five days long. Uh, the Tour de France is three weeks long golf, you know, this, hours. This
2: makes a lot of sense to <laughs> yes. me because my dad is a glider pilot and, oh. and literally the whole point of gliding is yes. to go up into the sky and stay up there on your own Be on as your long own for a bit. as you possibly can. Just a
1: bit of alone time. We're sort of rewriting what everyone says. Everyone says, oh, no one's got the time with their family commitments yeah, to play cricket. The numbers are dropping
0: off. Yeah, yeah well, But clearly we got it wrong. No, no, this was, this was the case. This was the case. This was before I had children. Ah. But anyway, I played three or four summers. Um, for the Bell in Oldworth and uh, six for 36 was my best bowling figures. That's not bad at all. Pretty good. I mean, I, but what I bowl is slow rubbish. Um, well, we that's can. what I try and bowl. I thought the only thing we had in common was you came from Devon. <laughs> 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 and uh, because what you find is if you bowl line and length properly they can really hit it everyone can pick it but if you just bowl slow rubbish no one can really pick it they don't know what's going on Do you like a serious point?
2: Are you going to say that he'd actually do very well in this World Cup? <laughs>
0: well no I'm not going to say that but in T20 <laughs> Yes
1: the merchants who bowl very consistently yeah. they're useless because the batsmen know exactly what's going to happen whereas yeah. people who sort of flick it out the back of the hand and no one knows where it's going. Yeah.
0: They're quite good valued now. Yeah. So is why you're the, a modern cricketer. I think that's what it is. That's what I'm calling myself. <laughs> anyway, I put on, over those four summers, I put on two and a half stone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the it's the only sport I've ever done regularly where I've actually uh, put on weight because we used to have the most incredible teas and the beer was unbelievable.
2: It's a shame that weight doesn't go in the record books, isn't it? It's a shame it, that's it something is. that doesn't go on the stats because putting on two and a half stone yes. sounds like an impressive achievement.
0: <laughs> it sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. My average went up by two and a half stone.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> and, understand uh, also that you've been playing cricket with Monty Panesar. I
0: did. I, well, I played last week professionally. My first professional outing got paid to play cricket last week. So I th- I'm going to put on my CV professional cricketer. <laughs> um, yes, Monty Panesar was playing and Garant Jones, Ashes winner. And I took two wickets. I was absolutely the first time I have played in five... Five years.
2: How was Monty looking?
0: Monty looked good. He batted more than he bowled. I will say that, which tells you the sort of (laughs) game it was. Um, And he hit a lovely straight drive. I don't know if he's trying to get back in to the big time, but um, looked good, turned his arm a little bit as well. But he didn't get any wickets, but I took two, so I was very, very pleased.
2: (laughs) Well, look, we are warmed up already, so I feel like we barely need this loosener. But before we get going on the tough stuff, I want to ask you both, if you could choose only one, would you rather England won the Ashes or the World Cup this summer? Vic, what do you think?
1: Um, well, I think I'll be a 21st century man for a change <laughs> and I'll go for the World Cup. We've won the Ashes, not often enough, but, you know, now and again. Quite a lot recently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've never won the World Cup. So, battling against tradition, I think I'll go World Cup. Thank yeah. you very much. World yeah. Cup. Uh, there are two
0: words that will answer this issue, which is Smith and Warner. And so going, does that mean you're going Ashes? I'm going Ashes, <laughs> Wow, yes. really? I'd, I'd You'd rather, rather. I'd rather win the, the Ashes this summer, I think. Unless England got to the final and played Australia in, in the World Cup, then I think I'd rather win the World Wait, Cup. Wait, you're saying but,
2: uh, if England play India in the World Cup, you're happy to hand it over to Virat Kohli? Uh,
0: well, they're a very good side. <laughs> They're a very good side. And this is cricket. You know, it was cricket. It, I didn't so. think merit was the keynote of your <laughs> argument. No, it wasn't when it came to Smith and Warner. And it's not the Australian team. I'd just like to beat Smith and Warner in the ashes.
2: <laughs> Punchy opening here yeah, from, from Charlie.
0: Punched what, one off for two.
1: <laughs> Mind you, if you if you took up against all ball tamperers, you'd be playing six aside side in this World Cup, but carry on. Yes. Well yes, I can this, imagine.
2: This is a point that Jeff Lemon's been making recently. <laughs> You've got to stick up for his team. We've We've got to talk about yesterday's England game against Pakistan. And if you didn't see it, well, bully for you. I bet you had a much better day than I did. Um, Rick, it, come
1: it's on, bad. Emma. It's a great game.
2: <laughs> no, come on. It's, it's bad enough England got beaten. What's really unforgivable is they kept us thinking that they might just pull off an unlikely win.
1: Yeah, well... It was an extremely unlikely win for Pakistan. Remember, all out 105, thrashed by West Indies, haven't won a game for about 10 or 11 matches.
2: England have beaten them 4-4 in their build-up series.
1: And they outplayed England. England's self-destructed a bit in all sorts of ways, I thought. Most obviously in the field. I have this, and this might be slightly less 21st century, this notion about your overall strategy in World Cups where a World Cup match is different to a bog standard ODI one of five there's much more tension and the hardest thing in cricket is to get those runs on the board when there's tension around so I'm frustrated that sometimes I think Owen Morgan is brilliant in all sorts of ways he doesn't play the conditions he plays his preference, his team's preference to chase we'll chase anything but you've got to play the conditions and I reckon he made a mistake at the toss, although he'll never admit that. Up goes the coin, he decides we'll field. But the pitch was dry, it's 10.30 in the morning, the sun rose at five, so there's no moisture around. Mm. And I just cannot understand, in those particular conditions, why he didn't get out there, they'd have got 350 and Pakistan would have got them. Having said that, they dropped catches, gave overthrows, misfielded, and having fielded brilliantly against South Africa were all over the place. And we should also say, Pakistan, fantastic, mm-hmm. to go from the pits, I mean, they've done this very often, to outplaying the favourites, outplaying them, being more disciplined than them.
2: It was also uh, a different Pakistan team, wasn't it? There were, there were different faces in that team.
1: Two or three different ones to the ones that lost West Indies, yeah.
2: And the ones that lost to England in the Yeah, well, in the, in the, the interesting games.
1: ones, and this is, again, quite typical of Pakistan, is that they came over here with their World Cup squad, played four or five one-day internationals against England, and then they didn't play particularly well, so they got rid of two or three and brought back Mohammed Amir, who wasn't in their original squad.
2: Because he had chickenpox.
1: Well, not just because of that. I think he hadn't performed very well by his standards. And then they brought back the wonderfully sort of telegenic, exciting, who knows what's going to happen, Wahab Riaz. Mm And those two, even though if you look at the bowling figures, went for a few, they were terrific at the end. They weren't going to let that match slip. Yep. So.
2: Wahab Riaz took last took an ODI wicket two years ago, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think he's played in many games since <laughs> but yeah. So, all in all, I could watch because I can cope with this losing just at the minute, Emma, and so should you. Um, it was a terrific game, but England got a real start, and that's a chastening moment. It shouldn't be critical, but we'll see.
2: Charlie, how did you feel watching it? Were you as tense as I watched I watched
0: the um, first innings, and then I listened to the second innings. What I thought was, Pakistan were fantastic. I thought they played absolutely brilliantly. I will say that off the start. I thought England were complacent. I thought it showed that they thought we'll chase anything down. And I think complacency in the field is lethal. It kills you if you are complacent, especially in a World Cup. And I think Vic's absolutely right that they went out like it was a home game and there are no home games in the World Cup. The Pakistan fans are incredible fans. They will make it feel like a home game for Pakistan.
2: They would and certainly so, did there. Uh, and, and
0: then so they so they will do that. So it was a perfect storm of complacency, treating it like a home game. But I think it will be the best thing to happen to England in this tournament because they will not be complacent again.
2: I do wonder... About, sorry, Vic, you want to... Well,
1: no, I'm just saying you're right. I thought that they were unnerved in the field and they were surprised that, you know, there's a, a batch of fervent Pakistan supporters mm-hmm. I don't know, quite know what they were saying but it was like a football match that someone scored a goal Chris mm-hmm. Roch who's the most mild gentle lovely person yeah. you've come of, caught this brilliant catch and then he was giving it the finger yeah. up to the lips and you know obviously something had been going on but it wasn't a good sign and then briefly when they had a huddle Roy and Stokes were kind of getting yeah. involved in that So they weren't kind of clinically cool and calculated, which is how Morgan wants them to be and
0: how they should be. To quote Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) And it it is exactly that. They had a team that came at them. And so all of a sudden catches do go down jason roy who you would put you would put money on to score 50 at least on uh, trent bridge look nervy batting you know they start blaming the ball joss butler starts blaming uh on on his way off picked up the ball and had a look at it you know so that all that sort of gamesmanship if someone can teach me to hit the ball like joss butler i really would appreciate <laughs> it well, the, the amazing thing too is that
1: joe root and Josh butler Played almost the perfect innings, two of them. Two yeah, of them got yeah, hundreds, yeah. and still we couldn't win. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a big tote. It big was.
2: Tournament. I was watching that at a meeting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's meeting I suspect, that's very important a meeting. We're yeah, yeah.
2: I suspect I wasn't the only person who was uh, when they were batting had to somehow find some way to to keep the eyes on it. And I, I actually got my laptop and pretended to be looking at spreadsheets <laughs> <the notes>.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: while I had the little TV on in yeah. the corner. And the moment for as long as they. were... In, it just felt possible because oh, they're yeah. magic. How do we feel? You mentioned complacency, and I, I wonder how we feel about Jason Roy because I don't think complacency. Poor Jason Roy, that wasn't his problem. He seemed to be almost overpumped, and he dropped an absolute sitter of a catch against Mohammed Hafiz, I think. Uh-huh. On,
1: yeah, no, on I mean that 14- was a huge moment because. It's one of those that nowadays they take... It went up a long way. I mean, in, in my day, I would have been thrilled a bit to catch that. And I, I venture to suggest, Charlie, you'd have been quite pleased to hang on to that one. Never dropped a catch. And, uh, 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 but by today's standards, regulation, they practice them. They happened so much more often now because yeah. everyone tries to hit sixes. So not only was there the drop catch, there was a sort of shock horror of that, after which Adil Rashid got absolutely tanked by Hafiz, so he could only bowl five overs and Roy was still two or three overs still seething at the fact that he dropped it so he held the ball into the square which mm. you're not allowed to do so the umpires then get involved and England are out of control and Morgan's running around trying to calm people down the umpires are stepping in to, you know there's nothing really going on but England are not in control of themselves and
2: then when Roy goes into bat he, there's still clearly something yeah. pumping through him uh-huh. he goes for a sweep shot that's not there he, he gets out and not only he's, he's already having an absolutely terrible day and he decides to review which yeah. I could have I was well, shouting yeah. at the screen I could have told him this isn't your day Jason just believe if
0: he felt like he hit it which you know, he may have...
1: I mean, Johnny Bairstow was in a good position too and he kind of, the non-striker has that yeah. sort of... It he's was his judge He his yeah. He encouraged him, which was a poor decision anyway. But, I mean, it happens. Roy, you know, uh, what will happen now, I'm sure, is not very much in the sense that Morgan will get the team together and, you know, bad day, don't panic. We're yeah. not going to kind of throw all our plans out the window. We know Jason Roy is a match-winner. Let's just get ourselves together. But there's not going to be... There can't be wholesale changes. They'll just regroup and try and get it right on Saturday. But it's... this
2: did happen to Roy in the Champions Trophy two years ago.
1: He Yeah, he, he had to be dropped in the end. He yeah. had to
2: be dropped before the semi-final of the Champions Trophy because in the big yeah. tournament but scenario... I, I sort of started... agree with you.
1: I don't think it's so much complacency as... I mean, just look how, for the most of the time, Root and Butler, who were the kind of mature men in that team, how calm they were in that run mm. chase. Whereas Roy... At the moment, Roy Besto, there's signs of you know, there, it's it, the World Cup is wonderfully different to the bog standard, as I say, ODI. And that, I think that's the main point, and that's yeah. a great point, Vic, mm.
0: it, is how players cope with adrenaline. The controlling of adrenaline is absolutely key. It makes you superhuman. Oh, adrenaline. I know, I, I, I get so, it every time so, I
2: come on this podcast. Exactly. So, so to not
0: so for Jason Roy, probably not understanding what his body's doing, so can't. So he's perhaps a little bit more aggressive, making different decisions than he normally would I think it's absolutely key that they need to get that nailed down pretty quickly
2: when do you think Charlie that you knew England weren't going to do it was there a point at which you lost
0: hope? oh no when 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 Butler went I texted my friend I said I think that's it that seems to be it because the momentum goes doesn't it momentum especially in a run chase and you haven't got one person there who's on decent score that's interesting because I
2: was watching the end of the game in the long room bar at Lord's all right and the bar so was that's where we'll hey, that's where, yeah, I wonder what this meeting was it wasn't exactly
0: shh, shh, doing nobody the accounts I let you in again I'm like, what's going
2: on <laughs> oh, was, I was trying to keep that one quiet <laughs>
1: you got it up. very well
2: <laughs> um, but we were we, everyone's watching the game I'm not sure that anybody was in the stands watching the Middlesex game and actually Sussex declared as Butler's getting out I think and the poor Middlesex players are coming in and walking up the stairs behind the bar and realising nobody's really watching yeah, them don't,
0: don't go saying no one's interested in County Cricket on this podcast uh, I, <laughs> I mean the barometer is for me is
1: yes when Butler got out laptop open start oh, writing yeah,
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: starts writing it. oh good I, a little early start well yeah <laughs> self interest comes yeah. in right I think we can safely go now yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I would like to finish this section by making a, a plea to Sky Sports to, um, to have I said we were going to come back to Mike Atherton oh yes please can we have him on commentary at all times he has <laughs> been on commentary oh. for 10 of the 18 18- weeks wickets that England have taken oh, so far and yes we are keeping records. He's the lucky
0: charm is he he's the he, lucky charm. He is
2: he quite often comes on and they take a wicket straight away. On that point I don't maker.
0: think we, uh, uh, bowling attack I thought we played differently yesterday I thought there was too much effort yesterday in the bowling attack almost like we'd seen how West Indies yeah. had ba- bounced them out and gone yeah. oh we'll play like that. Did, no it didn't I think work, there's an
1: element of that that I mean, they look so fragile against the big tall West Indian yeah. bowlers on a different sort of day and they thought that's partly why they played Wood, who actually bowled very well. But they thought, you know, chin. The chin is a, a, a fairly regular target in this World Cup, yeah. actually.
0: Partly because... Because it's been dry, I think. I it's think It's dry, think, the pitches aren't yeah. doing anything,
1: the ball's yeah. not swinging. So uh, we test batsman around the chin. Do you think Geoffrey
0: Archer misread catches win matches as watches win matches <laughs> he did bowl in his watch it's rare you see someone bowling in a well, watch isn't it
1: it is quite rare but I, I remember many years ago Phil Edmonds doing it Yeah, a nice white strap
0: and
2: uh, Imam is batting in glasses, so you know it's oh, all about cool. the accessories this World Cup.
1: Well, I think that's partly because it's not just an accessory <laughs> wearing glasses. It's, 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 <laughs> is it an accessory? <laughs> well, what you saying? He has
0: an actual prescription. <laughs> I like that. I'll be looking out for that now. Though. I like that as a as a as a thing. This, the accessory World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: what, what else? Can, do we it, know? can a hearing aid be an accessory <laughs> as well? <laughs> <laughs> or a walking stick, perhaps. If Just you're if you're ahead. batting
2: with a walking stick, then you know, that means England really are down to their four strings. Um, let's look at what else we've learnt from the World Cup. I yeah. mean yes, World Cup of the of the short ball. As we've discussed. At the
1: moment, yeah. I mean, that could change, but yeah.
2: Another thing we've learned is that if it smarts to be an England fan right now, it truly sucks to be a South African one. (laughs) They have played two, lost two. Uh, They've already got so many injuries in their camp that they're struggling to field a second 11. Do we think their tournament's over before it's begun? They've got
0: India next, haven't they? So it doesn't get any
1: easier. Yeah, I mean... They're looking fragile, you're right. They're quite old and some of them are sort of showing their age. Amla's struggling a little bit, Stain can't get fit. Uh, Tahir's the oldest, actually. He looks quite sprightly still. <laughs> um, <laughs> their batting is not as fearsome. And, I, again, I think they did themselves a terrible disservice when they lost to Bangladesh, which is the second-best game probably after yesterday, by not having played at the Oval, not take the opportunity to get those runs on the board and then put pressure on Bangladesh. But they did the sort of... You know, unthinking, we'll put them in and uh, we'll bounce them out. Bangladesh looked good. They were disciplined too. Under- Underestimated them. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. I think they should have got the runs on the board there. To be fair, Faf Du Plessis afterwards said, yeah, I think, uh, give me the toss again, I'll bet.
2: <laughs> it's an interesting one because everyone's been saying how laid back Faf Du Plessis is. Mm. And, you know, he's, he's from the hipster generation. Cricket isn't his life. He's kind of cool yeah. about all this. He's just going to go off and have a, you know, When you say a he's barbecue. more into,
0: was he more into like artisan coffee? Exactly.
2: Turns, uh, turns
0: up to the match on a scooter. <laughs>
2: I think all of these all things these are things. probably true. Well, d- you must have seen that preppy scarf he was wearing at the at the World Cup opening ceremony. <laughs> accessories. Accessories. More World accessories. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. accessories. Maybe well, we a touch
1: of tonsilitis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, no,
2: this was definitely a fashion oh, statement. Well, well it's he- very
1: unsouth African because I've never come across a nation who takes their sport so seriously, and mm. I think that's why they. They didn't win last last time in 1999. They couldn't cope with the possibility of losing, whereas Australia
0: could, and that's why they won. They take sport seriously. They take. They, I used to live with two South Africans, and uh, they take everything seriously. <laughs> well, and, if, and even if they're not taking it seriously, they sound as if they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, would you like a pint? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, cheer up.
2: <laughs> Whatever pretensions there might have been around Fafdi Plessy sort of fell away. You saw it in the post-match conference. He looked like an absolutely broken man. Mm. I mean, he was he was very candid. He was very honest about and no excuses, but he he looked devastated. Yeah,
1: yeah but it's not impossible. I don't know. We, we we can't really calculate how many wins you need to get in that top five. But if people start knocking one another off, you know, five might do it. So they've got a little bit of leeway, but not much. I mean, India are, are sitting back and quite enjoying the the odd shock result at the moment. I mean, they'll be keen to get going now, I should think. <laughs>
2: Bangladesh in that game because do we think that they've proved that they could be the dark horses for this tournament?
1: Yeah, I think they've batted really well, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of gnarled old players there. I mean, Tamim and Mushfiqur and the left arm spinner, Shakib, Mortaz has been around forever, so they're quite canny. And they probably like Afghanistan, but they're better than Afghanistan. If they can get some drier turning surfaces, let their spinners bowl half the overs. With canny batsmen, they, you know, I mean, England will go to Cardiff. They play them on Saturday and they would quite like to turn up at Cardiff to see another very green-looking surface, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. But if it's dry and starts to spin... Bangladesh are even more potent, but they look together, they fielded well.
2: I've got to say I loved watching Mushvika bat uh, partly yeah. because at only 5 foot 2, whenever one of the South African bowlers got to the end of their run, I mean, especially Chris Morris, I think he's got a foot and three inches yeah. on him. I mean it's like those pictures of Trump standing next to the Queen yesterday.
0: Well it's one of yes. well,
1: <laughs> what's interesting with Mushfakeh is this wide law If Explain the wide law to me oh, I don't know Oh no dear I'm sorry but well, basically, I called you Basically it's out a wide if when the batsman in his normal position the ball goes over his head Well if you're Mushviker the difference of yes. you're bowling at Mushviker as opposed to O'Shane Thomas Yes I mean the difference of a wide is about 18 inches <laughs> So the bowler's got to be a bit canny there Yeah O'Shane
0: yeah. Thomas sounds like he should play for Ireland doesn't he <laughs>
1: Little old Shane Thomas there.
0: <laughs> He's not very little. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, big lad.
2: Um, New Zealand looked clinical yeah. against Sri Lanka. Um, mm-hmm. They're here going to go into their next game having spent only 45 and a half overs on the field. Yeah. Which is, I think, sort of the equivalent of being Roger Federer and just getting through Wimbledon on three setters. You just arrive really fresh <laughs> yeah. for the big matches.
1: Has it been on? Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do we think about New Zealand
1: Well, we don't know what to think after 45. They obviously had a a, a stroll in the park uh, in their first game against Sri Lanka. Good toss to win and then they just pummeled them.
0: So they're dangerous. (laughs) They must have a brilliant development system in in New Zealand for cricketers because they're not a massive country and they churn out a team. They every do Every oh, tournament Every single yeah. tournament Don't well, they, they So they must they, I think they make a virtue of
1: it In that it's easier perhaps To identify you know 20, 25 really good players In New Zealand They haven't got any compli- You know there's not 40 to Sure yeah sh- But the other thing That's helped New Zealand I think Curiously Is the IPL In that their board Has kind of taken the IPL on board Yeah It's then become They've seen some of their players Whether it's Dan Vittori Or McCullum Yeah suddenly earn a really good living Mm. by going off to play in India. McCullum, you know, absolute star in India. So suddenly there is actually more of an incentive for a young Kiwi to become a cricketer because not necessarily earning pots of money playing for New Zealand itself, but the prospect then of going off and being one of the great cricketers in the IPL. So it's actually boosted, I think, the IPLs, because they've handled it well too, they haven't tried to fight the IPL, it's boosted Kiwi cricket. And they play. They, I mean, McCullum was amazing in the way that he managed to change their whole outlook about how they play the game. They sort of led the way in playing it in, without well, sounding two sort of... Uh old-fashioned, a wholesome way, but aggressively, but with respect, and they'd go for it, and it's, it's fantastic. I'm like, you glad
2: can... you've brought us onto this subject, though, because we are going to talk more about New Zealand and the way they play very ah. shortly. Ah. First, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be here throughout the summer, and if you'd like to comment on or contribute to the podcast, you can email us at at com. Still to come are the days of the club score and numbered, and I'll be starting a feud between Charlie and Vic. Oh,
0: This is a shame I thought we were getting on very well
1: Googly's slog sweeps dibbly-dobbly bowlers there are lots of reasons kids like cricket it's fun to say fun to play it also keeps them moving gets them talking and helps them focus which is why NatWest thinks everyone should have a chance to play it partners with Chance to Shine a cricket charity bringing the game to schools and communities across the country to give young people new skills, new experiences, and more chances to use silly words. From the school kids turned brilliant bowlers to the city tape ball teams, NatWest has paired up with the Guardian Labs to tell more stories of making cricket a game for all. Read them at theguardian.com forward slash natwest cricket. This message was paid for by NatWest. This is
2: A Spin, the brand new cricket podcast from The Guardian. I'm Emma John and my guests are Vic Marks and comedian Charlie Baker. We have been really enjoying all the emails you've been sending us. Please keep them coming. Keep the tweets coming. Here's a lovely email from Kiwi fan Mark Brown, which just speaks to my heart how Emma feels about England is exactly how I feel about New Zealand so when Sri Lanka were at 80 something for six, he's obviously talking about New Zealand's (laughs) opening game on Saturday I was in a panic about the recovery of all recoveries that was about to happen (laughs) and then he goes on to say so please don't say anything nice or positive about the New Zealand cricket team, we are the team that every parent wants their son or daughter to bring home from the prom in a rom-com film and everyone knows that parental approval is the kiss of death when it comes to success and then he has a question for us Ah. which is is it wrong to want your side to be more successful and less liked which is speaks Ah. a little bit to what we were just talking about so thank you Mark Brown I definitely feel your pain I think how we should start is could we all just say something negative about the New Zealand team to make Mark feel better
1: well they've only reached one World Cup final in their lives in the whole (laughs) history of the tournament
2: there you go
1: (laughs) Their accessories are awful.
2: It's funny you bring that up.
1: And I wish they still played in beige. Yeah, yeah. That, why aren't they in beige? It's
0: a I, shame.
2: It's funny you bring up accessories because I am not sure that. Lockie I didn't Ferguson... bring up accessories.
0: You brought up accessories, Emma. Well, you, you called it the accessory World Cup. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure whether this counts as an accessory, kind oh. of facial accessory. I'm not sure Lockie Ferguson's moustache is working for him oh. anymore. Have you seen it, is it recently? Was it a
0: lucky moustache? Was it a Movember moustache that he's kept going on? It or? was
2: at the IPL. It was oh. a fantastic Machiavellian, mm. silent movie villain, yes. twirly moustache. He'd it and everything. It oh, kind of like came up at the sides. Yeah. And, um, and then apparently his wife said, no, um, that's enough. And so he's now trimmed it down. And now it just kind of...
0: Not looking great. Looking like an eighties footballer now.
2: Yes. That- yeah, it's a bit it's a bit disappointing. So that's what I think's wrong with them. Does a mustache
0: even- count as an accessory then?
2: A follicular accessory. Have you
0: ever had a mustache Vic? No, I had a beard. Yeah. But I never never considered having a mustache. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, So then the next question, you know, from Mark's email is, would you rather be successful or liked? So Mm. I suspect what this means in cricketing terms is, would you rather be Australia or New Zealand?
0: (laughs) Well, success brings hatred with it, doesn't it?
2: It really does. You know, if
0: you are one of those teams that wins and wins and wins and wins people start to dislike you very, very much.
2: I mean, you're just and, describing how I felt about Steve Waugh of my entire teenage uh, your, your whole, years.
0: Exactly, yeah, you see, and so, you know, except when it got to the end of his career, everyone went, this man's amazing, it's been absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but in the middle of that period, we were all like, this guy, He's the <laughs> seriously, worst. they are the worst, I hate these people. <laughs> so success brings, so, you know, there's that, no one likes us, we don't care, sort of attitude, you know? Um, I think I'd rather be successful.
2: You're just as a team, not get
0: out there and... Yeah, well,
1: that's the old pro view. Oh, right, OK. Uh, uh, but as a pro victor. it's a dodgy question because you're presupposing that you have to be nasty to win. Which is that is, not true? Well, perhaps we'll all support the Kiwis from here on in. No, I don't think that is essential. Who, what are the great sides? Well, the early Aussie side. I'm not sure the Aussie side under Mark Taylor was that nasty. I'm just trying to think back to the West, the West Indies. The great West Indies sides. We're not temperamentally nasty, it's just they were horrendous to face because <laughs> they yeah. were all six foot six and 90 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah but
2: they, yeah. Were, they, they were friends with the opposition off the field, weren't they? Well, basically. they certainly were with
1: England because they, they knew them all. They played in county cricket all the time. Yeah. So they, there was not an issue there. There was an issue actually between the Aussies and the West Indies in that area, but not between England and West Indies because everyone knew one another. Yeah, sure. And I think I would hold up, therefore, thinking quickly that the West Indies (laughs) essentially that West Indies side under Clive Lloyd was a, a lovely bunch of cricketers essentially ruthless on the pitch absolutely ruthless on the pitch but not not nasty I'm questioning the thesis that you have to be nasty to win.
2: To be honest, I think Mark, with his rom-com comparison, I think he's looking at it the wrong way, because yes, New Zealand are the nice guys, but they're the perennially overlooked nice guys, which means that they just have to let the romantic heroine go off, get seduced by the bad boy, and then be there to pick up the pieces when it all goes wrong.
0: You're saying New Zealand are in the friend zone? (laughs) <laughs> they have been absolutely friend-zoned by everybody. <laughs> they,
2: yeah, they have. It's kind of like Ducky in Pretty yeah. and Pretty in Pink. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking more like Paul Rudd in Clueless, or Bill Pullman in While You Were Sleeping, or maybe even maybe they're Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones. You think? I can tell. I'm naming all of Vic's favourite movies right
1: now. What is your favourite? No, this is the. Um, they're all like uh, Colin Firth,
0: aren't they?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, well I'm, done! There it is. I've you, cracked it. You've now. cracked it. They're Colin Firth rather than Hugh Grant. Australia is Hugh Grant.
0: <laughs> Do you no, I've lost her oh, again. <laughs> huge run.
1: It has been
2: on to another kind of romance, the romance of scoring. Mm. Keeping the scorecard used to be a vital skill at every level of the game, but now we've all gone digital. So it's a dying art and apparently apparently, young people aren't particularly interested in sitting all day putting dots and dashes on a mm. piece of paper with a pencil. So how do we bring back the position of club scorer, make it more exciting? Is little. it an app
0: now, Are people doing it on an app?
2: The story is that, yeah, even at club level they're being encouraged to use digital forms um, by the ECB themselves because it wants to all modernise and, yeah. and there's just going to be no place for those scorebooks and the art's not getting passed
0: down, yeah, but I think. Battery can't Thanks. run out on a book, can it? Yeah, it's <laughs> lovely seeing a little old dot on a dash.
2: It can't well, crash. I a scorebook will crash. never
0: crash. <laughs> <laughs> never ever crash. Will it? Yeah, a pencil doesn't crash. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I think I had
1: a conversation with TMS's Andy Salzman. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Who does some scoring for the ODIs? Yes. And I think he was explaining to me how he'd gone along to maybe his son's game, so he thought, oh, I "Better, better score." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, of course, he didn't have his laptops there and his... And he said it was total chaos yeah. <laughs> trying to yeah. do everything, you know, on, with his pencil and his old scorebook there. It's a real art. So it's, it's one thing scoring in our media box with all these digital bits and pieces there and your laptops and sources to find out. And it's another thing sitting there in a windswept trestle table <laughs> having to yell <laughs> bowler's name. <Yeah. laughs> Beer's being yeah. spilt all Who's over this? the place. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Who's this? I don't know who it is. I know his brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's John. I think it's John. Put John back. That's John. Well done, John. John. <laughs> That's Richard.
2: <laughs> have you ever tried to score, John?
0: It's really not my, it's not up my street at all. It, it's really the last job you want in in the whole of cricket, I think, isn't it? Or it, what it's good is when you, when you turn up somewhere and they have someone who turns up just to score. It's we'll bought a few pints to sit there and do it all afternoon. You know, you want someone who's an ex cricketer who can't maybe hasn't got the knees for it anymore, but will sit there and score. So that's often the thing. Maybe they need to give him a special outfit, or it's a ledger, isn't it? is not it, that they're in it? So yeah. the, the, start calling it, instead of the score at the ledge. Here he is, <laughs> the ledge, the absolute hat perhaps with the ledge written on it, and, and maybe some different sound effects for each reach a four they get to ha, you know, a horn for a six you know just to give them a little bit more Appreciation, a little bit yeah, more focus make them feel on. Them. A bit
2: loved. Well, it's interesting because it's not only the official scorer who used to keep scorecards. But I know people would go mm. to grounds and they would sit in the stands just as just as spectators at, that and mean, that would be their hobby. Well, they that, does that they mean you, do, well actually, I didn't do that. I did try it once because mm. I was never going to be a, you know an athletic or so I tried to bowl once oh. and it went very wrong. And so I thought, well, maybe this is more my field. And I think I lasted about three overs by the point at which I realised that I couldn't do it because I got distracted too easily, ah. you know, and um, and then none of my numbers added this up because maths well, yeah. wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> Another thing that occurred to me was it is actually one of the few activities that hasn't been claimed by the mindfulness industry yet. Ah. And yet it is repetitive. Yes. You can't concentrate on anything else while you're doing it. It's basically a cross between counting and colouring in. You know, I think they could make some mileage out Very of good. this May- as a mindful activity.
0: Or toddlers. Toddlers learning to count. My daughter's three. She can count to six. So they could get toddlers involved to help with their numeracy and they could teach it at primary schools. It's an excellent idea. Or they could change it to colours. So a six is gold, gold pen. Vic's not going along with any of this. No, no. Pasta, pasta shapes. They stick pasta (laughs) shapes for a six. They stick a fusilli and a a penne is a four.
2: (laughs) Honestly, Charlie, I don't even know why What's we're worried about scoring
0: anymore. Spaghetti, that's long. a one. It's just a, a one. A wide. There's a wide. A wide, oh, right, a wide so, right. is a bit of spaghetti. It's a lovely idea.
2: It's a lovely idea. I think we've saved it. I think we've saved scoring for future generations. Well, I'm not
1: sure it'll ever go on. I think you're right. There is this peculiar brand of people who will go to a match even now with their scorebooks. Yeah. And they love it. And uh, why not?
0: I've been to motor racing and you see people timing, timing laps. really? And you go, they are doing that. Anyway, sorry.
2: <laughs> anyway... Enough on the scoring. Back to the World Cup. The Cricket World Cup has its first standoff. Kahiso Rabada has labelled Virat Kohli immature and says the India captain can dish out abuse, but he can't take it. So I want to know, do cricketing feuds between players add to our excitement, or do we think they're just all a bit petty? What do you think, Vic? I mean, you're, oh, you're somebody who Great. has famously Great. had terrible feuds with his teammates. <laughs> many, many enemies.
1: Really, many enemies. Um,
0: no one likes you, Vic. They're all feuds. Well,
1: there are many feuds in cricket, aren't there? Oh. But, I mean, the one I'm most familiar with that's been going on for ages and is just preposterous is my old mate, Beefy, mm. and Ian Chappell, who you would think, if they were locked in a room for long enough, they might come out best pals, really, because they've got a lot in common. Yeah. But that one has lasted for over half a century, well, about (laughs) half a century.
2: Wow! Uh, And there's no give, no
1: take on either side, and it, it despair. I'm despairing because I actually, I like both of them. (laughs) Oh, you're the
2: friend who's stuck in the middle. I'm
1: always stuck in the middle. You're the New Zealand (laughs) in the situation. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm just trying to think of more recent ones. Well,
2: there's Marlon Samuels and Ben Stokes. That brought a nice little bit of edge. Well, it when did, Marlon but I Samuels think that was. Started, um, I
1: don't think that was so saluting him. So deep, really. I think they probably patched it up. Well, I don't know, but I think they probably have actually. I mean, it was quite funny wasn't it was, it, when it? Well, he was that's saluting what I'm saying. It's think, really entertaining when these players get each other. I don't think that, don't think that will other. still be running in five years'
0: time, Samuels and Stokes. I, I think it shows how good the sportsmanship is in cricket that we're only naming a few doesn't seem to go that deep. But well, it's all done on the pitch. Cause yeah. Actually, if you get angry with someone, there's nothing better than to throw a red hard thing at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other odd thing is that the last Ashes was quite nasty, actually. Mm. It, and
1: we think about Bearstow. that weird press conference about Bairstow chest greeting the, the Aussie opener. Cameron Bancroft. Him. That's who he greeted in this peculiar Anyway, the point is, I think Warner was giving him heaps during that... Ashes series and undermine Bester, who's underminable. You Mm know. Well, what's been happening this last winter? They've been opening the batting for the Hyderabad Sunrisers, yeah. And I bet you they get on like a house on fire now. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's an oddity. The the IPL, just as county cricket used to do about you know 30 years ago,
0: it brings all these international players together. And they say, actually, actually, he's a good guy. He's quite a good guy, though. Well, often I think with that, with any feud, you often recognise something in somebody else. About yourself that you don't like. So you sort of go, Oh, that, that's very like me, and I don't like that bit about myself. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to shout at me for 20 minutes.
2: That's, I mean, I think that's a fair point on the Rabada Kohli because Rabada famously does get in people's faces. He's got in trouble for chirping at people before, and that's obviously what's happened here. Coley's given him some stick on the field, Rabada's given it back, and then, you know, Rabada thinks that Coley couldn't handle it, which is. You
0: know, well It's, it's all a pr- it's a pressure game it's,
1: it's, Where's uh, the game tomorrow? At Southampton isn't it? Yeah well,
2: It's going to be exciting a It, it great, will great be Great
0: game tomorrow Great game tomorrow
2: You're talking about people making up after Fuse Did Dennis Lilly ever make up with Javid Meandad <laughs> after that on-field spat they had in eighty-one, eighty-two, where the umpire actually had to get physically in between them because Lily had yeah, yeah. he'd shoulder charged
1: I don't know and that I don't know it was quite good it was quite a good feud he had but I was in Perth at the time Javed had his bat brandished above his head Lily gave him a little kick umpires came in
2: I re-watched the video of that last night and um, and what I think was the funniest thing about it was watching Javed actually push the umpire in between him <laughs> yeah. and Lily <laughs> All right,
0: sort it out sort <laughs> it out <laughs> alright yeah Well,
1: Javid had the capacity to wind people up and sometimes he did it in quite a calculated manner. Even go back to Gatting, Shakurana, Javid was captain and Pakistan were losing that game. So if he could contrive a situation where a whole day was lost because the fracas was so serious that no one was going to take the field, it saved Pakistan the game. (laughs) So he was a canny street fighter.
2: Yeah, an operator.
1: And I, but I, don't, I can't report on the... Well, I, I mean, I can. I remember having supper. Sorry, I'm always name-dropping here. In Perth a couple of Ashes tours ago. And it was just a fantastic... Because Dennis Lilly was there being lovely. And Mike Brilly was who he tormented as a bowler. Uh. Briers was there. they just got on famously. <laughs> uh, so, you know, by and large, those feuds don't last. But uh, I'll give you Both and Ian Chapel. That's going yeah, strong. That or it's so just strong. not going anywhere.
2: That's um, a real kind of Don Bradman and Jack Fingleton going to ah, last till they die, ah. isn't
1: it? We haven't got time for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. It's time to wrap up this episode. But we'll be back later this week to preview England's game against Bangladesh when I'll be joined by Tanya Aldridge from The Guardian who will also be talking about all of the county cricket that no one's watching right now, and cricket author Rob Easterway. To make sure you don't miss that or any of the episodes to come, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Thanks to my guests, Vic Marks and Charlie Baker, Thanks for not having a fight in the podcast studio. And
0: nice. That's, De- that's Devon for you. We're very, we, very nice people. We don't held a feud very well
1: <laughs> It's too nice down there.
0: All we're worried about is if you put jam before cream or cream before yeah. jam.
1: Yeah, and whether the train is still going to get past Dawlish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a trouble there. there. Yeah.
2: We'll try to find some more antipathy for you on this podcast in the future, but until then, goodbye.
0: It has been... The spin is supported by NatWest. To find out about how NatWest is making it easier for everyone to get involved in cricket, search NatWest Cricket.